is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Good morning. This is the Better Life, Better Work show. I'm Allison Crow, and this is episode number 82. We are recording live on Facebook because that's my favorite way to do it. That's what makes this fun for me. So I am back from Expand 2020 in Puerto Venturas, Mexico, led by one of my besties, Varian Brandon. And I'm here to share the insights and takeaways. I know last year I did an episode, I came back on fire. And this year I came back sober. Good morning, all you guys coming on in. Um, I am recording the live episode of my podcast. um, And there's some good stuff. So the first thing I want to start out with, I'm just going to go through my journal and share with you. But I want to let you know that no insight that I can share with you today can replace the experience of being in the room. And I um, have another event that I'm going to next not next, February. I have one that I'm doing in April. I have one that I'm going to in May, one that I'm doing in October, and one that I'm going to in October. And those are just the ones that are planned right now. And so I really want to emphasize that, especially for those of us behind the computer, get out from behind the computer, make those investments. I'm totally going to plug Camp Star Heart because that is coming up. And I would love for you to come be in the room with me and let me give you an experience. Um, and Varian will be in the room. She's actually one of my speakers for Camp Star Heart. So I'm just going to go through my journal. I'm going to do this quickly because I am on a time limit today. I got stuff to do. So I did come back. Um, today is Friday morning. And yesterday... Let's see, I got back late Tuesday night. Expand was over Sunday. And we stayed an extra couple of days. Um, That ended up being hilarious, but a disaster. Then get in town. And it took me a few days to integrate before I got my energy back. I was actually really tired. And I was really tired because of expanding. And so I tell my clients often that after every expansion is a contraction. And I had some serious contraction. My husband was like, are you okay? Are you sad? And I was like, no, I'm not sad or just tired. Okay. Um, <clears throat> some of my themes that came up for me. So it's not necessarily, Varian does her events similar to me in the sense that there's not a curriculum. The, the, the content that's in the room is what's in the room. And so she may ask one or two questions to get things going, but the power of the people in the room and the insights they bring up and the questions they bring up um, were fantastic. Also, personally for me, I have recently started 
um, I hired a new coach in October last year and we started our mastermind this year. And so it's really intense. It's awesome, but it's really intense and it's really bold. And she is requiring me to be bold. It's crazy. So um, one of the first things that I wrote down was it's handled. And um, Varian has um, a way of not letting any of us know anything about this retreat. Literally, um, the night before we were getting on a plane, people were texting me like, did you get the information about where we're staying? Um, people want to know the information. I, um, A, have been to Mexico plenty of times, so I'm not concerned around, about getting around there. But she sets up something for people like us who want to know and control everything. She even gave us a fake address so that we couldn't look up where we were staying. So um, we arrived, and from the moment we got off the plane... Everything was handled. Our transportation was handled. Our meals were handled. Um, our transportation back was handled. And part of what that was is this capacity. So capacity is a key word for me this year. It has come up with my coach. And then all of a sudden, it's a major theme for me at expand is our willingness to increase our capacity, especially to receive. I'll get more into that. Um, I have the other thing that's coming up for me that I realized last year was for me. I didn't really have this. I didn't know the words for it, but my colleagues and my mastermind, um, and one of the things my coach and some of my friends say is like, I'm no longer available for. And last year was a year that I really stopped. Well, <laughs> I started to stop people pleasing and I raised the standards of, um, I raised my standards and I got out of codependent relationships that weren't serving me. And so I have this phrase, I'm no longer available for. And I'm considering in lots of ways, what are the things that I'm no longer available for? What have I tolerated in my own life from myself and from others that is sucking me down, sucking me dry? Um, so some of the things that have blocked me in the past are people-pleasing, deep desire to be accepted. Um, I think my deep desire to be accepted is human. <laughs> That's not going to go away. Um, not allowed to have more than enough. I have a story that I can, I can make just enough and my enough is plenty, but this overflow of, of abundance. Um, comparison, fear, shame, limited capacity. So having been um, sick in the past, having gone through burnout and adrenal fatigue, I noticed that I was carrying around a fear of my health capacity. Um, and then obviously avoiding discomfort. And one of the big things that struck me, I'll get to it in a little bit, um, when Shamika Tankerson um, had a moment to share with us, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Like it gut punched me this to realize that no matter how much work I've done the last three years of learning to experience and feel discomfort, I still have a long way to go. Um. One thing that I got a lot of feedback from, both written, verbal, um, my client, Brooke Gen, who was also the photographer at the event, um, she's running a project of um, taking selfies and body neutrality. And one of the things she often says is permission to be me gives others permission to be themselves. 
And I did receive a lot of feedback that people were amazed at my willingness to be in my body, the comfort in my skin, um, my belly, in my bikini. You know, I don't have the same bikini bod that I had when I was 19. I have my almost 48-year-old bikini bod, and I just will be it. Um, I also got um, compliments and, and acknowledgement for my unfilteredness, my willingness to be fully me without fear or restriction. And that felt really uh, affirming. It also just helped me drop into another layer because there are elements where I feel like my authentic self is too much. Um, <clears throat> so one of my areas of um, pleasing, the insights that I have is, and we didn't really talk about business, but I started writing these things down about my ideal customer outcome. Um, am I creating the outcome I client, want my clients to be? Um, I want my clients to be an evangelist for me. Um, I want my clients to experience self-trust. I want them to bet on themselves. I want my clients to be bold leaders they are. I want them um, to be soulfully successful. Um, and I wrote down the phrase, I am creating my client. It's okay if you don't fit. And I think I've been so inclusive in the past that I haven't been willing to raise my standards. Um, I'm not sure what those are right now. Um, I'm working on it. Um, but I'm not going to modify me to make you fit to my program. Um, actually, I, I, and I have done I have done that well over, um, I mean, clearly by being unfiltered and by coaching the way I coach and offering what I offer. And one of the things that I do is I really require my clients to take a lot of responsibility and ownership. Um, if drama shows up, I'm not going to cater to the drama. And so my clients are required to be their full-grown selves, which when they're triggered is, is difficult to do. Um, Let's see. Uh, Varian said, you might be offended by my clarity. I like that. Um, so I wrote down, what else do I not create by design? Where have I slipped into? Um, where have I slipped into because of my time on task, because of my time in the business? Where have I slipped into creating by default? And so I got a really big wake-up call about designing, like rechecking in and rechecking in with the characteristics that I, who is the leader that I am becoming and that I want to be, what are the standards I hold myself to and what are the standards I have for my clients? Um, again, I wrote down, I'm not available for, what am I not available for this theme? And then one thing Varian did say that was amazing. She was like, I don't create boundaries. I am a boundary. And I really sank into, like I was woken up and then I sank into really marinating in that. What is it for me to not, I don't just do boundaries, but that my being is a boundary. I feel like I'm headed in the direction of that. Um, oh, let's see. Um, Again, one of the questions that came up as we were in discussions is what pain am I avoiding? What pain, what subtle pains are directing my behavior? And I wrote down for myself that my desires are not enough. If my desires were enough, 
then I would have created everything that I desire. And we brought that up in the Soulful Success Coaching this week. Um, somebody was asking another, you know, we were, my client was talking about how somebody was asking her, what do I want? And, and we get in this, I don't know what I want. And my hypothesis um, is that we do know what we want, but we put so many locks on it, as in like we put barriers because we don't want to feel the shame of wanting what we want. And or we make up in our mind the way, the discomfort, the pain we will have to feel to create it. The people will lose, the whatever it is, there's a lot of stories up in there. And so I was really thinking about, um, Varian brought up the topics. This is not the whole session, but um, for me, what hit was emotional leadership and then emotional labor. So emotional leadership, again, goes to the woman I be, who I'm being, who I'm becoming, and then um, capacity, <laughs> increasing capacity. And after capacity is the emotional labor. So it's the actual work that we do. And I became aware for myself that because it has been so easy for me, there is so much more I could be doing, not necessarily more work, but I could be taking certain brave, tiny steps that would exponentially blow things up for me and for my clients. Um, where have I not been doing the emotional labor where I've been emotionally lazy. That was very confronting. So then I wrote down capacity has come up three times already. Acknowledge the expansion of capacity. Sweet Isabel Tierney. I love this woman. She is always talking about capacity. And I had an experience where my hips were really hurting. And as she was sitting with me, she was intuiting. She said, you're, you're pregnant. And she was like, no, pregnant, pregnant, but like you are pregnant with the next phase of who you are. And my hips were expanding and it hurts. It hurt. It's like growing pains, right? We all had them when we were little kids and there's a version of me that is expanding. Um, there is more coming and what will I do to create it? And so the creation is a combination of my emotional labor, but it's also my capacity to receive. There's a lot of places that I do the do, and there's a lot of doing that I avoid, believe it or not. Um, I realized that coming from an overachiever state of mind, I left working for the real estate company and I really focused on the bee and the mystic and I really developed that side of me and I didn't have to do a lot. I still was doing. It's not like I sat in my meditation pillow and just called people in. I called people in and then I went and called people. <laughs> um, and I am recognizing a balance of both spark and hustle. So there are certain words that repelled me um, five years ago, and I am seeing them in a new light. I'm not seeing them as so offensive because I see them in a healthy state instead of an over-amplified state. And so I am seeing work. Um, I am seeing do the do. I am seeing hustle as there is sacred hustle. There is over-amplified hustle, and then there's sacred hustle. Um, so those things were um, coming up. I realized also that, you know, early in my real estate career, we were taught 
um, what was called in the real estate uh, world sales scripts. We were taught sales scripts. And a lot of people don't, like a lot of my clients don't know what to say. They don't know actually the, the, the how-to of selling. And it's something that can be learned. And so I just wrote down words that work. I call scripts words that work. What are the words that work? What are the words that actually help your client see and help them make a decision? Because as salespeople, we're leaders. It's not about taking advantage of people, but it's about leading people to the best decision for them. And that's something that Varian is very good at. And so it just made me realize, yeah, like just because I've been doing this for 13 years, 14 years, doesn't mean I, I quit learning. Um, I wrote down here, exercise, exercise my emotional leadership by saying no. I've been learning to do that. It's been very hard. Um, it, when I say no, I tremble, but I also am saying yes to me, um, which... I'm saying yes to a balanced me. I'm saying yes to integrity. Um, okay, so this one came up too. Um, one of Varian's clients, Brandy, spoke on frequency and resonance. And she was talking, what, I, she, what she was talking about helped me remember something about frequency over intensity. And Jess Lively has a podcast, 189, about frequency over intensity as physics. And I am somebody that have always done things with, well, most often done things with intensity instead of frequency. And so I used the example in the past of having to hit a home run to pay my taxes. So I would have to have such big sales that I could pay my taxes instead of frequently every time. So the past four years, every single time I get paid, I put a third of it in my tax account. And when my tax bill comes, I am able to pay because I frequently do it. And so a lot of times we're taught in this world intensity and frequency is actually more powerful. So this concept... Um, it, this, this concept turned into consistency, which is something else I've been building. And so these are these areas of like this, this artistic, floaty, um, mystical, feminine, um, receptive version of me. And I'm, I'm reclaiming some of the more masculine in combination with the feminine, um, I wrote down, I wrote down these ideas of there's a physical frequency, there's a mental frequency, there's emotional frequency. And so raising my frequency, not only, so not only frequency as in repetition, but raising my vibration, um, daily discomfort consistency. So the other big thing, my coach Sarah has been saying, you can do hard things. You can do hard things. And I am somebody who has avoided hard things most of my life. At some point, I may, you know, I may do these hard things, but I, I, I don't do them daily. And we can handle pain. And so this was really crazy. I wrote down, we can handle pain. We can do hard things. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it will harm. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it will harm. My courage, I noticed my courage muscles have atrophied. So here is a physical experience I had since September, probably before September, but I remember being in Vegas and my hips really hurting. And my hips have been hurting. 
And I don't do physical pain very well. And I hold that in contrast to my mother that was, by the time she was my age, she was totally crippled. She might've gotten medicine that had made her better, but she has rheumatoid arthritis. And in her mid thirties, she was bedridden. And I never heard my mom complain about pain unless she suddenly stubbed a toe or hit a body part on something. But on a daily basis, she did not wake up and moan and groan. And I'm embarrassed to admit that I do. And so these, my hips have been hurting and I've been stretching and I've been massaging and I bought a stand-up desk that I'm not using and I've been walking and I've been, um, you know, I've been doing, I've been taking Advil and I was thinking, well, maybe I need to go and, um, get some like have them x-rayed or see what's going on and that night it just really hit me this contrast between my mother who did hard things and me who was just whining about hard things and so that night I decided I was like there was a part of me that was afraid I'm gonna have to feel the pain in my hips for the rest of my life and I know some of you deal with chronic pain and I've just always been a weenie because I've told myself, I can't feel this. I can't feel this. That's what was going through my head subconsciously and consciously. I can't feel this pain. I can't handle it. And I, I decided that night that either my hips are going to hurt or my hips are going to hurt. And what is my attitude about it? And so out loud, I was like, all right, pain, I can do hard things. I can do this and have hurting hips. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it will harm. Um, So what was interesting about that is throughout the rest of the night, there was probably an hour and a half left. Y'all, my hips have been hurting nonstop since September, 24 hours a day. And as I was sitting there, and a lot of times it's very uncomfortable for me to sit, as I was sitting there, I noticed that my hips no longer hurt. And when I went to bed that night, my hips no longer hurt. And when I woke up in the morning, my hips no longer hurt. My hips no longer hurt. And all I had to do so far was... (laughs) Two things. One, stretch them, which I'm diligent about doing. I'm consistently stretching them. But number two, I had to just like realize I can do hard things. And if this means I'm hurting, I can do this while I hurt instead of avoiding the hurt. So something kind of supernatural happened there for me. So again, I wrote down, um, I can do hard things. And then I, so I write down these questions for myself. What do I think I will lose? What are my competing commitments? And I feel like I, um, I, it's time to look at what my competing, uh, commitments are. Where and how am I running from my own leadership? And I'm a pretty bold leader. I'm pretty confident leader and I'm just being called to a new capacity. So it's time to look at these questions again. Use the resources available to you. Love that one. Um, We talked about turbulence. I love that turbulence. Planes are built with turbulence in mind. Varian brought that up at um, uh, Camp Starheart last year. She talked about becoming and the B in becoming was a brace for turbulence. And our job when turbulence comes is to rise higher than the turbulence. 
We don't expect turbulence. It's always the same. Our core wounds are being activated and we don't know what to do in it. And so I love this. Um, I teach my clients to be noticers. So notice the turbulence, notice the core wound that the turbulence has triggered, and then begin to create soul medicine for what to do. Begin to create a plan ahead of time for what to do. Expect it, recognize the signals, and know what to do about it. Um, one of the other things that has really um, enhanced my coaching over the last couple of years, probably the primary, um, I have lots of teachers in this, but a few years ago at Camp Starheart, Isabel was talking, teaching some of her work and a lot of it is she is a therapist and a coach, but a lot of it is about the nervous system. And so combining mindset work that we've done in coaching, that I've done in coaching since I was in my 20s with Nervous system awareness has been mind-blowing. Literally, it's combining those two has been so helpful. And so Isabel did have another moment to teach, and she taught about what she calls zones of turbulence. Um, and zones of turbulence are those little rumbles. Those are the places after you expand and it's easy and at night, it's nice that are intense. And we need to realize that we're just going through expansion, growing pains, and we are expanding out. And um, so recognizing our symptoms, how does our nervous system specifically respond? Because everybody has a different way of responding when we're in a zone of turbulence. Um, and then they talked about like, what was the antidote to that? And so I can't give you my antidote. I can tell you what it is, but you've got to come up with your own antidote. And my antidote, you know, I tend to get anxious. I tend to get physically uncomfortable. Um, I tend to get anxious. I tend to get tight chested. I used to get depressed, but now it's more anxiety. Um, and doubt really starts to spin in my head. And what I love is that I've actually gotten pretty good at this. Like, oh, there, there, doubt. I see you. Oh, my body's physical symptoms are showing that I have anxiety. And so I slow down. Breathe, y'all, right? Like it says breathe back here behind me. Like breathe. It sounds so simple and it is so simple. And yet when we do it consciously, it soothes my nervous system. Then the second one for me is slow down. Um, and then I also do soothing talk to myself. I do soothing talk and touch to myself to calm my nervous system, to, to get it back to the relaxation response where I can make wise decisions. I can't make wise decisions when I'm in fight or flight. Um, mindfully choose the response, right? Mindfully choose the response. Um, let's see. <sighs> one of the things that, well, that one feels a little personal. <laughs> I'm not going to share that one. Okay. So um, this is one that was huge. Samika Tankerson is the bomb with sales. I love this woman. And she asked us a question, what holds me back from putting my stuff out there in the biggest way possible? And when she asked that question and I did the self-reflection and answered to myself in my journal, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. And I wrote down, the way I show up in the world is changing. 
fear has been welling up. I'm going through one of those zones of turbulence. I'm going to be offering some new things. I um, still love and soulful success is the core, but I'm ready to get back into my leadership circles and my women's circles and my masterminds and offer those again. And it's been three years since I've done it. And sometimes I feel like I've fallen off the bike. And so that, that stagnancy has, um, I've forgotten how brave I can be, but I've been really selfish. I've been really selfish and I've had clients asking me for those masterminds and for those small group circles at the high level. And I haven't had them. Um, And when I checked in with myself and I checked in with my spirit, um, we were doing some muscle testing around financial capacity. Um, And so once I'm aware of that, I was also checking in um, around my timing of things. And I do trust, you know, I I got for me, a yes is falling back. It's falling back into surrender. And I got some yeses around the timing of everything is perfect. But I also got that don't wait, don't pussyfoot around the bush. Don't, I don't know. I don't even know if those colloquialisms make sense, but don't dick around. Get to work, Allison. Be willing to more be more uncomfortable than my clients are as they go through their decision-making process. The people that need it the most will say yes. I am an answer to prayer. My work is an answer to somebody's prayer. It might not be an answer to all of your prayers, but my work is an answer to somebody's prayer. I can do hard things. If I am focused on how I feel when I am selling, I'm doing it wrong. This stuff hit me so deep, so thick. I Thank you, Muddy. I have forgotten how brave I can be. And when I forget how brave I can be and I start shrinking, I am doing a disservice to you, my clients. I'm sorry. Um... Okay, then this one is huge. What do I have... So, so she asked about what is our capacity to receive? This one really hit me thick and deep too. I have a capacity to create, to give for myself, but my capacity to receive, whoa, that one really, really needs to grow. So I wrote down the words make versus receive. What is my capacity to make? And I have a financial thermostat there, but what is my capacity to receive? And I wrote down this little thought that came in my head, this little belief that is misaligned that said, there's a cost to receive. And there's some stuff that comes up in my old family story, in my grandfather's lineage, that my grandfather did give me um, a big chunk of money, but there was a cost to that. Um, there, I remember being a little girl and asking my grandfather who was wealthy to send my parents to, um, Hawaii for their anniversary. I was seven. Like I looked up the phone number on the refrigerator and did the little dialy phone and called my grandfather at his work. And like, I'm seven. And I said, grandpa, I know that you're rich. Could you send mom and dad to Hawaii? And my grandfather did not respond like I was seven years old. He responded like I was 47 and selfish. And he just berated me for asking, how dare I ask? How dare I ask him for that? And um, it really, 
it really cut a seven-year-old little me down about asking. And I noticed that I have so much trouble asking. I noticed how many people ask me for things. Um, I also, so, so one of the other things that I noticed um, that, that was before and after the event, I'm reading this book on the brilliance of business. And I, I can't remember all the parts of it right now. It's on my Kindle but it's the mindset of business owners who make millions versus the millionaire next door and the mindset of people that make millions. And it really bumped up against some stuff that I have going on that um, I know this is not true, but the core wounds are that rich people are assholes, grandpa, um, and that there's a cost. There's a, there's a cost that is too hard to bear to make that much money. And so I'm reading this book about the mindset and I'm seeing things and I can see that I can see where gardeners. So I talk in my coaching program a lot about gardeners versus uh, machines. Machines are not bad and machines in society tend to make a whole lot more money because they take emotion out of it. But gardeners want to be emotional. And I'm realizing that gardeners can go after the money. But we somehow take on the shame that the world puts us. There is a way to be integrity and go after the money. And so I've been noticing where I was out of alignment with that, where I was afraid to play big, where I was afraid, you know, I stopped charging thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I love that I have a program that is $222, but I also stepped out of the high fee world. Why can't I do both and? Um, and so... Um, sitting with the discomfort is how I increase my capacity. Considering these things and then taking small courageous steps is how I increase my capacity. If I build the courage muscle again, right? So all I have to do to remember how brave I can be is to take tiny brave steps with high frequency, not with intensity, but high frequency. I wrote down the state, my state of being is primary. It's something my coach, John Morgan, used to always say, my state of being is primary. And every once in a while, I let fear slip in and be my primary state of being. And it's my job to recognize that and soothe it and move forward. The answer to how is yes. Um, I wrote down muscle test everything. That was one of my takeaways. I forgot about muscle testing. I used to muscle test. I still muscle test pricing and stuff, but like muscle test everything because my body knows before my squirrely brain does. Um, the other thing we talked about was managing this moment, something Varian brought up, not managing the past, not managing the future and managing this moment, which is be present now, be here now. And that was just a reminder of a principle that I know that, you know, it's so easy once you learn these things to, to, to let them go right? It's like it's, you practice eating a new way. And then as soon as you got it down, if you start to slip, then the results slip. And so there are a few things that I would like for myself in a loving way, not a shameful way, but to tidy up and to recommit to. Um, my skill and capacity are growing. Only manage this moment, not the next. Be where my feet are. And um, let's see. 
So I wrote down my fundamentals every single day. What are the fundamentals that I need to be consistent with? Meditation, sharing my heart, showing my work, stretching, walking, grounding, journaling, invite and sales, making invitations. I've gotten so passive where people just come to me. Why can't I invite, right? More invitation. Um, Love on my people. Release my need to be comfortable. Release my need to be light. Um, Also, I would put in there um, low sugar, low carbs (laughs) practices in my eating. Um, This is something else Varian said. If you are persistent, you will get it. If you are consistent, you will keep it. Heart-centered people, you are my people. You're here watching today. I see your names as you come up. Um, I know you're watching the replay. I know you listen to the podcast. My heart is for heart-centered people. We connect. And don't let your being sabotage your doing. I know that the being is the most important part, but one of the the saddest things I see is when heart-centered people give up the doing and they stay in the head and the heart and they don't take steps with their feet, right? So I work with two kinds of people. I work with overdoers who need to get back the being and I work with overbeing who need to implement a little soulful doing, Opportunity favors consistency. I wrote down, build in a forgiveness process. <laughs> After I fall down, don't just beat myself to get back up. Yes, get back up, but offer some soothing forgiveness. Consistency is the key to progress. <laughs> so we, we finished up talking about um, consistency. Consistency creates moments, uh, creates momentum. Um, really thinking about pleasure versus pain. Um, consistency is painful emotionally. So this went in tied with my hips. Like I can do hard things. It's hard to be consistent. Well, what if I stop griping about it and just do it? In the same way, I decided to stop griping about my hips. Yeah, I can do hard things. I can be consistent. It's hard. I do it. Move on. Energy. Um Oh, let's see. So even gardeners versus machines, um, even though we're not as exact as machines, gardeners still need to be consistent. We just take into account the environment, the weather, the seeds, but we still are intentional in our cultivation. And even though we're heart-centered, we still go out and we do the do of what our garden requires based on intuition. So we're still consistent. And I think sometimes people think gardening means laying out in the yard and just waiting for the sun and the rain. And we still have to, I have to go out and prune my rose bushes, right? I have to um, go out and cut them. I have to re-fertilize them. I have to re um mulch them, things like that, right? I have to pull the volunteers that grow up in other places. So we still have to be intentional and consistent, even if we're gardeners in our businesses. Um, I, another word I 
that I am stepping back into, this is, this is, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm opening and curious to is the word accountability. And I wrote down sacred accountability versus shame accountability. And in my experience in the past, accountability was shame, but I am somebody that is constantly teaching about both and. And so my, um, is it possible to have accountability that's holy? What does sacred accountability look like? These are notes on the book, Business Brilliant. Y'all, one of these days I'm going to be, I'm going to pretty soon, I'm going to have a, um, I, I had some insights from reading this book. They weren't even talking about asking for help, but um, dude, there is a kind of ask that totally pisses me off. And I finally realized why. I always thought there was something wrong with me when people would ask and I would get so bothered. And so I'm going to be doing a live stream um, and podcast episode about how to ask. If you want somebody that, how to ask your mentors and your heroes and your sheroes, how to ask them for something in a way that they will say yes. Um, it's going to be good. And so as I close that, which I always ask my clients to do, don't look at your notes. What was your real takeaway? <sighs> Everything is perfect. It's handled. It's handled. So not only was the event handled, but wherever each of you, I see your names coming up. Some of you are commenting. Um, I know that there are people whose names I will not even see or hear that listen to the podcast or watch the replay. Everything is perfect. Please be so gracious with what has been. As I breathe, as I'm mindful, and as I am consistent in the doing and the being, my capacity increases. And as my capacity increases, of course I benefit, but you benefit too. I have a lot to help you with. I change people's lives. I am a conduit for some serious mystic and some serious logistic. Clients that work with me have profound inner and outer change. And when I shrink, I steal that from them. It's okay to rest and grow my capacity. I can do hard things. And I notice how I'm reluctant to say I can do hard things because in my mind, I'm like, old, old law of attraction. I don't want to create hard things. And I really do believe in a both-and life. That's the theme of Camp Starheart this year is both-and. And both-and has set me free. I can have pain and do hard things. I can be consistent. I can um, do the emotional labor and rest. I can receive and create. Um, and so I notice as I am becoming a woman of range and encouraging my clients to do the same, what happens is there's this whole, you know, I'm, I'm shortening it so that you can see it visually, those who are watching. I can't put my arms all the way out, but there's this range of experience. And so often we choose such a narrow column and we are confined by that. But as I have grown and as I am curious and as I open my ears, my heart, my mind, I see so much more possibility. And 
not having to choose one or the other, I can manage the moment and be both and. And so yesterday, I had on my calendar to record this. And yesterday, I started to beat myself up because I wasn't um, physically ready yet. I was, I was still integrating from my trip. And I can be both tired and I can rest and I can readjust things and still deliver on time. And so what was crazy was I just had to surrender to the exhaustion yesterday. And I woke up this morning renewed. I slept late. I was renewed. I was so ready to come in here early and share these insights with you authentically. As soon as I let it be hard, it didn't wasn't so hard. So only my thinking that it's hard causes it to be hard. Hi, Daddy. Only my thinking that it's hard. That the thought that it's hard, I'm tired, I can't do this, adds so much extra weight to life's experiences. How much energy are we having to move with all this bullshit thought? So manage the moment. And the moment yesterday required nurturing, both nurturing and get up today and get it done. Today, I ha- I'm, I'm late for a call, my, my leadership call, that they'll be fine with it. I'll be fine with it. I'm going to do my leadership call. I'm going to go with my husband and run some errands. I'm going to go see my baby nephew. I got some things I wanted to do. And I got two people waiting on me to produce this podcast. And so what I love is that when I gave myself permission to fully recover and then, right? Uh, uh, uh. So I hope you got something good today. Again, I open with this. I want to close with this. I can tell you insights all day long. And an insight heard and learned is one thing. But an insight experienced is life-changing. And an, an, an insight shared in the same room with somebody, connection creates change. So I want to invite you to register today for Camp Starheart. The early bird is for a little while longer. Um, If I could do it all over again, I'm not going to take back on what I said, but if I could do it all over again, I would have the early bird be like five days. Make a fucking decision. Get in the room. Come be in the room. I know it's expensive. I know it's a lot. I know you have things going on and you have to move your life. But when you move your life, when you cultivate, when you invest in yourself, stuff moves. That's why I go to these events because it moves me. It moves my world. It moves my finances. It moves my marriage. It moves my business. It moves everything. So go to campstarheart.com, register to be in the room. There's only 20 tickets left. I've already sold 25. It's time to come on. Um, Love you. Thank you for listening. Share my podcast or share this video with a friend. That's the other thing I'm going to start asking. Um, I would like to grow my audience. Um, There was somebody today on my Camp Starheart, um, like a promo that I did on my business page that tagged a friend 
And um, I so appreciated that she was like grabbing a friend and saying, hey, you need to come do this with me. And I feel like word of mouth is the best way to um, share my heart and show my work. And I'm here to share my heart and show my work. And if it's had an impact on you, take somebody you love and either tag them in this video, talk about the things that we've talked about. Let me know that it has an impact on you. Those words of affirmation absolutely help. I love you. And I will um, see you at Camp Starheart and online soon. Campstarheart.com. And yes, I will put that in the chat. Thanks, gang. See you soon. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.